Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1995 Alrighty, let's get into some footy then, guys. We'll lead off with something that actually resembled a little bit of footy this week. The West Coast Eagles 6-10-46 were defeated by Essendon 14-12-96. Migs, I think for the first time since that round three game against Freo, this was the first time for me at least that I've seen a little bit of a semblance of that early season game plan is back. Some run and carry, some handballs. Oscar Allen's a star, so that was great as well, but certainly one of the more watchable Eagles games in a while, and one that maybe with a little bit of uh, better goal kicking, you know, we might have been in touch, we might have been a little bit closer sort of coming into the end of that third quarter there. Essendon get on top in the end, Migs, but what did you make of, of Saturday's game? Yeah, it was probably, I mean, the result was probably what you what you would have considered a pass mark um, before the game, um, particularly given the week before. Yeah, there were the yeah. signs, um, looked good around the ground. It was just the um, yeah, the conversion and the um, creating opportunities inside 50 that, that we really fell down in. Um, and I did mean to look up the stats before this, but that would have been putting in effort. Um, but yeah, Inside we, 50s, it was the first time we actually won the inside 50 count since round two so we, we, we were plus it. we were plus two on the inside 50s against the bombers absolutely yeah yeah um williams won most of the ruck knocks against draper which was good um yeah good signs around the ground um you could see the, the signs of that game plan and that run and carry and um jaden hunt really led the way i thought in the absence of jones um hearn as well didn't run and carry so much but his kicking was you know, back to i don't know probably 2015 2016 hearn so um, shannon hearn areas yeah yeah that was that was really impressive um, yeah, it was just the forward half. You know, we can't rely on Oscar Allen to do it all. Uh, and there's, you know, there's a real makeshift forward line around him. But we did you know, squander a few chances. Um, Waterman missed a couple. Williams missed um, a pretty easy one. They're the ones I can yeah. remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, some other opportunities down there. But, yeah, promising signs. The result was probably what we expected, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's much of a muchness this year, isn't it, really? Um, well, it is, but, it, I mean, it's disappointing when you're looking at a 50-point loss and it's your best loss in a long time and yeah. we're sitting here and saying signs of life, but... I suppose that's the hand we've been dealt. That's where we're at. All we can sort of do is is look at it and take it game by game somewhat. And compared to the Hawks game, Keys, it was a, an entirely different beast. Elliot Yo back in the side, I think, helped quite a bit with some of the drive. And he had a little bit of that attitude, which we like to see off halfback, which was, well, I'm going to beat the first guy. I'll break the tackle or turn the corner, whatever it might be, and just bang it long. Hunt, which Miguel just touched on then, Keys was good as well. So a little bit more drive, a little bit more ball movement. Uh, obviously, we spoke about it last week and thought 10 goals might be a bit of a pass. 
upsettingly enough. But uh, what, what did you make of, of, of the Essendon clash? Yeah, I think I think fifty points probably flattered Essendon. I think it was. Mm. It, I felt felt the game was closer than that. It in some respects it was similar to the Melbourne game earlier in the year in that there wasn't one quarter where we just got blown away. It was just a uh, you know they were basically every quarter they won by two goals. Yeah, they're out. Yep. So it was like. It was just, you know, they're a two-goal a quarter side better than us, and you know that's adds up to eight goals. And it was sort mm. of, it wasn't, it wasn't like, I mean, the Hawthorne game we got belted from start to finish, so that was just a disaster. And and the Carlton game was just, was the same. But then the other ones was, you know, like Geelong and Port and Richmond. There was sort of those games. There was one quarter or one patch yeah. of the game where we just got we just Sorry, got torn yeah. apart. And whereas this one was just like a, it was just a slow a slow kill. Um, yeah, we probably it was it was worrying to start with. I mean, they got those first three goals, and um, you were sort of looking at it, just going, "Oh, here we go." But we sort of fought our way back. Um, I liked I liked that Simo tried something different by throwing Barras forward. Mm. Um, it reverted very I, quickly, but I think it shows I I, where I, they're I, thinking. I didn't like that they started that way. I, I, I would have thought it was just like let's just settle in the game and then move him. And I okay. think unfortunately it sort of it was like oh we started like that and yeah you know, we're unsettled and then we kind of you sort of had to scrap it ten minutes in because yeah it wasn't it wasn't working. I I, I don't think it gave the guys a chance to, to sort of settle. Um and also we threw Rotham we threw Rotham forward as well. Um and I'll through the ruck because of the the late Jameson change as well. So a little bit of yeah, well, we so saw the end of last year like, as well, bit of Rotham in the ruck. Just just seemed a little unsettled at the start. So yeah. they, they sort of got that sort of bit of a jump on us and then you know we sort of played catch up for the rest of the night without getting there. But um we held a side to under 100 points for the first time since round two. I mean, it was hey. just it was 96, but we, we held them to, to under 100. Um, and, I, you know, when you do, you know, you do the 5 4 3 2, 1 for the votes, mm. um, and that's usually a good indicator as to how well we've gone when you've, you you try it, you cross and go, you, you get to the end and you go, shit, I'd like to give this guy a vote and I'd like to give that guy a vote. Yes. Whereas... With the Hawthorne, with the Hawthorne game, you're just going. Well, who, who even gets? But, yeah, can't yeah, come up with five like, guys. I think there was. I can't remember the Hawthorne game. It was, I benched it, but there was. I think Duggan was clearly best from memory. Sheed was good in the Hawks game, and then after that, there was this yeah, huge drop then, off. Oh, yeah, it might have been. It might have been Sheed, and it, but then it was just kind of like, oh, geez, who the hell do you else do you find? But. With this one, it was like, you know, Williams had a good game in Iraq. Yep. Hearn sort of turned the clock back. I, the, the good thing with Hearn was you knew he was on very early in the game. There was sort of like a, a loose ball and he just barged through, picked it up, gathered it cleanly, bustled his way through a couple of guys and then, mm. you know, he hit someone, tits out in the centre. And he's like, oh, okay, well, you know, Hearn's on. Um, you know, Oscar Allen had a good game. Um, you know, Kelly played well. Yo played well on his return. I thought it was Hoff's best game for the year. Yep. Um, you know, he sort of... Sort of found that 2022 former. I thought I think he's been struggling a little bit. I think he was pushed um, a bit higher up the ground as well. He seemed to be more involved. Maybe yeah. that was maybe that was sort of just yeah. the way the game played out. But yeah. he seemed was, to spend a lot more time closer to the closer to the pill. Yeah, I thought. I mean, Duggan had another good game again. Yep. Um, I thought uh, Barras when he moved back, I thought was good. One of the things I noticed with Barras was he tended not to go for his mark when he moved back. He wasn't marking. He was just he was the ball. It was like. Yeah. 
And because I, th- I think there's been a couple of games this year where he's gone for his marks and he hasn't quite held them. Yeah. And I, it looked like he's almost said, well, okay, well, if I'm not holding my marks, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kill the. Cl- I'm not gonna let. I'm gonna make sure the ball clears the area and doesn't get lobbing in a dangerous spot. So, so that was kind of good to see as well. So, um, you know, that the attempt was, and there was times I sort of did in the positives and negative stretch. There was there was times we actually looked like a proper football team with the way we moved the ball. It was like, yeah. okay, you can see see what they're trying to do, and there was and there was conversely. There was also times where we actually held Essendon up pretty well as well. Um, Essendon are a little bit of a kick mark team and they do chip it around and, and maintain possession. But there was times where it's like, okay, well they're not really getting to do what they want to do because we've got we've got our guys positioned defensively that they're struggling to get the ball to where they want to. Um, and then for me, yeah, when they looked their best, Essendon was when they were getting. It was often Redmond, but it could have been any number of people. Full pace off the half back line and going, going quickly. And yeah. uh, look, let me say a little early tip for Hero of the Week. The commentary was exceedingly pro West Coast. It was very much looking at what we were doing, how we were developing. But when they did give Essendon a pump up, they were saying how good their ball movement is, especially out of like kicking out from a behind, you know, or, or rebounding off the half back line. So yeah. they did a good job yeah. of the Eagles did of, of slowing them down on occasion. And I think probably more often than not, even though Essendon probably still did get a few. Yeah, I think they got a few, but it was. I, I think a lot of a lot of Essendon's just seemed to me like uh, quite a few of Essendon were off our turnovers where we bit off more yeah. than we can do. Or you, you know, and I, I think I said this on the pod before. So I don't mind guys going for a risky kick if it doesn't come off and we get scored. It's like okay, at least they took it. Yeah. Um, but there was times where we you know we missed targets or you know, we fumbled or whatever and turned the ball over. Um, but at least we were trying it, and I thought Hunt was really important because I think Hunt just sort of there was a few times where he just pinned his ears back and just go, I'm just gonna, mm. I'm just gonna go, and I'm gonna back my pace in, um, and that was he, he just broke some lines, and I think Yo was the same, um, you know he's so strong through the core and just he showed just what we've been missing with him being out for you know so much of the last three years. That that sort of drive and you know competitiveness, um, and because I think I think in the finish I think we roughly broke even in centre clearances while they even won them. Total clearances we were even. I haven't got centre clearances, but I'll track those down for you. But total clearances we were even. Kick handball were about one point two, which is yeah. where we've been at we lost, in our better games this year. So yeah, we lost the contested possession by a bit, um, but you know I think there was a few things, and I you know I, I always I, I do half on umpires sometimes, and I, but there was a few. Real stinkers, and like one one of the things I noticed was they were the, the amount of blocking and on Oscar Allen um, and scragging when he was trying to lead is the problem with him being our main target is I know if they just get him out of the contest he he could easily have had three or four free kicks from blocking in good positions to score too. Um, the day that they make pushing the backs illegal as well, by the way, I reckon Sam Drape is in a bit of trouble because I don't think he got a single bit of footy against. Bailey Williams that wasn't just out you go, out of the ruck, taking it and, and going himself. Um, I, I, Migs, I will say oh, yeah. I think Bailey got away with a couple too, just quietly. But yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, we don't talk about that. There those. was a couple of ones I was like, oh, he's just pushed him in the back. And I was, uh, I was like, oh, okay, fuck it, I'll take it. You know? Don't but, worry about those. Those didn't um, happen. I enough. thought Connor West had a good game too, just quietly. Yeah, well, that's actually, Migs, I was going to bring you in on this one and sort of ask how you found some of the younger guys or... These fringe guys, I thought Foley actually started really well, and he was quiet after the early sort of maybe quarter, quarter and a half, but I thought he started quite well. And West, look, it's a shame because I really do like him. I just don't think he's got 
either the size to stand out given his skills or the skills to stand out given his size. I just don't think he's quite there. But Migs, I, I bloody love watching Connor West play footy. Like he tries, he chases. Right from the start, yeah. he was up and back on the wing, you know, on the playing off the flank, but coming up and back off the wing. He's got a little bit of evasiveness. I just I just can't help but root for him and just really wish him well. I don't think it's going to pan out for him. We've talked about his contract before, but um, Kayser said it and I'll, I'll echo it. And Migs, I'll throw over to you. I, I really liked West's game. I thought Foley's game was interesting to start and maybe faded a little bit about that. What, what about Jinbi? We saw quite a bit from Jinbi uh, in maybe a bit of a new capacity this week. Yeah, he spent a bit of time down back. I think he went back to the um, the switching with uh, with Yo that they were trying to do early yes. in the season, at least when Yo came back in. Um, yeah, and uh, coincidentally, I think his junior coach had called for that um, during the week because, um, yeah, a little bit worried that uh, we're going to break him before he's finished his first season if we keep playing him at pure inside mid. So, yeah, that was uh, probably a nice little break for him. Um, yeah, he played well. Foley's, Foley and West, you know, you know what you're going to get from them. They're, they're good, honest tryers. Um, mm. They're not going to leave anything out on the field. Uh, West does have a little bit of um, of that pinning the ears back and running as well. He's probably not quite as effective at it as, uh, as Hunt and Yo and those guys. But, yeah, um, I, I think ideally, you know, guys like that, are, you know, there's probably you know, room for one or two of them of those, you know, role-playing a good, honest toilers in the team. And we've got about, yeah. I don't know, half a dozen. Twelve, yeah. Team at the moment. So, yeah, yeah I might have been a bit charitable there. Um, but, yeah, uh, we've talked about the contracts and you know, probably of the guys that you'd expect to get delisted at the end of the year, they're just about all in the team at the moment. So that's not ideal. Um, but, yeah, um, promising signs from some of them. O'Neill, did did he do another tagging job? Um, I couldn't say. I didn't yeah. see a lot of it. He seemed to be at the coalface a bit. So, look, maybe I've missed something there. I just thought he was – it was a very Xavier O'Neill game. A few little moments yeah. we go, oh, yeah, I get it. I see why they want to make something of him. It just hasn't quite stuck for him. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I think we've got – You know, we, we've said it before. We've got probably eight guys that if you plug them into a decent side, mm. they'd go, they'd go all right. But when, it's, when they look around and it's seven of – like the same type of player, what they are, we just get found out, and yeah. I think it's going to be it's going to be the um, the unfortunate thing at the end of the year. I think there's going to be some guys that you know they're they're, they're a fairly obvious cull, mm. but you you're going to be sad to see them go because um, they actually are genuinely good guys. I mean, I don't you know, I don't think it's any um, you know anyone who celebrates the likes of West or O'Neill or whatever getting chopped from the side is a dickhead. Because oh, I'm like, excited to yeah, see West go and like, shred the waffle. You know, partic- yeah. Particularly West, because I think mm. he, he he gets he gets what he can out of his talent, and yeah. I, and you and I reckon there's there's plenty of guys that have come through the club that if they played with the the intensity and the application of someone like Connor West, they'd be all Australians. Yeah. Um, but they haven't had that, and and they're no longer at the club. Um, we I'll sort of open the floor if anybody's got any closing thoughts on any players, any moments, anything we learned from the Essendon game, because uh, I've got a bit of an open question for the floor as well once I know that you guys have had your say. So I, uh, I had one guy who had a really bad game, but he had one really good moment, mm. was Josh Rotham. Yeah. And he yeah. took he took that mark, he took it in the centre, got a nice contested mark, turned around, played on, and got it to Allen on a one-on-one and got a goal. I was like, yeah, good. can you just do that? And then yeah. he, I think... Might have even been the same quarter. He came leading out hard, and Noah Long's just put up a little pass. He just had to jump and take it and take a mark, and it's just gone straight through his hands. Um, two disposals for the day. For, I mean, yeah, uh, two disposals. Two marks, like, two kicks. I think they were two goal assists as well, weren't they? 
They might have been because well, look, the other one, one, have, uh, other one, one goal assist on this, but probably a score. Yeah. You know what? It would have opened yeah. it up and then yeah. handball or something. But yeah, t- yeah. But it's just it's just a guy. I mean, I I don't know what it is with Rotham. I think he's got he's actually got all the tools mm. to be. A good AF, not a great AFL player, but a good AFL player. Mm. And he showed that early on, early in his career. He actually looked like, I mean, we gave him a three con, three year contract for a reason because he looked mm. like he, he was, he was on the tra- right trajectory. And then since then, he's just, he just can't get himself into the game. I don't know whether it's because we're giving him roles that aren't suited to him or he's lost his confidence or whatever. But there's, We've tried him forward. We've that, tried him in the that, ruck. You see that mark and kick and you go, right, that's what that's what you're capable of. Just see a bit mm. more of that. But anyway, that was, um, yeah, it wasn't much. I, I, it was We had the second highest crowd of the week, which surprised me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, uh, say what you want, but people are, look, the number's going down, but it's still... Fairly high. It's going down from a pretty high base, so people still turn it up. Yeah, when you look at, I mean, uh, I mean, it was pretty shitty weather. Um, but Adelaide versus Brisbane and Adelaide, mm. are, I mean, I mean, if you're Adelaide supporter now, you're really excited about your team. You'd have to be. Like, I can't. Like, if you're if you're Adelaide supporter, you're just looking at that side and you go, they're playing good footy. They've got some good young kids coming through. You're going to watch them, and they and Brisbane are a good side, yeah. and they had like thirty two thousand or something like that. And it's like, well, fucking why? So, you know, when you could be watching 30, us get run out of the I building mean, at Optus. Yeah, we we had you know there was a quite a good contingent of Essendon supporters there, but still, you know, thirty nine. We're absolute shit, and we came off a hundred and sixteen point loss to the eighteenth side, yeah. and we still get thirty nine thousand there. So yeah, it's still people are still turning up. So anyway, just need the team to follow. So uh, Migs, any closing thoughts? And then I've got one last one before we move off Essendon. Nah, nothing from you, right? No, All good. Okay. Both of you, you feel free to have a crack at this. I'll let you know if either of you get it right. I've got two dates here. 4th of September, 2004. 6th of September, 2004. Those are your two dates. Can anybody tell me the relationship between those two dates and why I might be bringing them up? Was it 4th of September? 4th of September, 04, and the 6th of September, 04. So two days later. One of them is the last day. Yes, the one of final. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Uh, The the other one will be Ryan Marich's, Marich's birthday. Well done. Well done, gentlemen. That'll segue us into the next uh, the next stop. Ryan Marrick comes into the league. He's never been alive while Essendon have been a winning finals team. And long may that continue. Welcome to the club, Ryan Marrick. Migs, you can uh, lead us off on this one. 193 centimetres. He has dropped about 20-plus kegs since the draft period over last summer. It's down to about 83, 84. I saw in a few different articles today, but... An interesting sized forward. Obviously, he doesn't. He's probably dropped too much weight now. He doesn't have the bulk to play the undersized key forward sort of Jack Darling spot. You wouldn't have thought, but seems to be pretty classy. Seems to be pretty interesting, and I think maybe a bit of a no-brainer. This was one of the more obvious picks. I think that, that everyone sort of tipped the Eagles would would make. Well, yeah, similar to Kelly. Twelve years ago, twelve months ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Sorry, what was that? The most yeah. obvious first pick since 12 months ago when John oh, Cully was yeah. picked. Yeah, very similar. Um, different players. Who said that? But... <laughs> Bombard, don't worry about it. I just flashed <laughs> it up while you were looking away. Don't worry about it. Off Bombard. <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan, um, Migs, take yeah. I'm not old. When you, you say you were born in 1937. 
Good stuff, Kays. We're watching watching Kays unravel down there in the bottom of the screen. Right, Ryan Marrick, back on the road. Here we go. Ryan Tell me Marrick, about him. Yeah, um, yeah, it would have been nice to have a, a midfielder uh, available again. I think um, not sure that he fills a need for us at the moment, but yeah, pretty clear number one prospect uh, from everything you read. And um, yeah, it's basically like if he would have gone top thirty at the end of the year, then it's basically getting a free uh, free hit of and that, second rounder sort of. So. Yeah, you, you take that every day of the week. Um, the description of him um, reminds me a little bit of Jack Gunston by the sound of it. That sort of size, you know, not going to hold down a key position probably, but um, you know, dangerous sort of you know, third tall forward, um, really good user of the ball, uh, can hit the scoreboard. That's that's what he sounds like to me anyway. So um be nice if we can get Jack Gunston out of the, the uh, mid-season draft. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking forward to him. He, he said all the right things. No, very excited to be coming over. Um, didn't get in the car and drive over like Chesser, but um, still got here pretty quickly. Uh, hopefully we see him uh, in the waffle on Sunday. That um, is looking on the cards. Uh, Cully, I think, had took a little bit longer before they gave him the debut. Um, but, yeah, he, he sounds like he wants to play. He's been playing VFL with uh, with Hawthorne's reserves, so senior footy won't phase him at all. Um and I did see, I saw a headline that he might be in the senior team uh, sooner rather than later as well. So yeah, right, okay. Um, well, that's yeah, that's some... obviously the natural one is how quickly and how he's yeah. going at two goals a game for Box Hill. He's playing VFL footy, so it's not a mile away. But I feel like maybe he's somewhat closer than Cully was because yeah, Cully took. I think yeah. I just looked it up. Then round eighteen until he debuted. So yeah, I think he had five that long. games in the waffle before he um, before he mm. came in. Yeah. I think uh, I, someone made the point on. I said Cully was still playing effectively the under 19s Yes, where he was drafted. Whereas Marek has, um, like you say, he's played a couple of games in the VFL. So um, Cully played. He didn't play Waffle the first weekend because I think from memory, he actually flew to Adelaide. We were playing. We were playing in Adelaide. He flew to Adelaide and joined the team. And then and we then had a came, bye. Yeah, and then came across and he played Waffle the following week. And then yeah, I think what well, it was four or five weeks before he got up to speed. But um, yeah, Marek was kind of same. I'm quite glad it was sort of seemed to be the obvious choice. I mean, most anything I read about it was, you know, it was clearly the the first. Most people were saying he was the best player in the mm. in the mid season draft. So we did it. I think the only one that I think we might have looked at was perhaps the um, uh, Hanson Junior, Robert Hanson, who North Melbourne took with with the second pick. Um, like a small forward, his cousins of Tyrell Dua. Okay. Um, so yeah, he's like a pretty crafty little small forward, and you know there was you can't get too many of those sort of types. Um, so hey, June. June jumping um, in the chat. Good So, but I think Mar- I think the compa- there's some been some really good comparisons. I, I mean, Mig said Jack Gunston. I think. Uh, Bailey Fritch has come up as a yeah. He mentioned he mentioned Bailey Fritch himself as a player Bailey sort of Fritch, models, which is um, nice I've one if you can get him for people, free. Some people talk to um, like James Sicily, who he's about five centimetres taller than. Um, I posted that he was five minutes, five centimetres shorter than James Sicily and fucked that up. But nice. um, and the other one, someone posted and said he, he, the way he kicks looks a lot like Jack Lacocious. Which oh, yeah. is actually like that. Don't mind. He's got a really good kick. Mm. Um, so I think there's a fair bit of flexibility. I don't think he's just a forward. I think he's someone that can be used in some some different roles. Um, absolutely stoked. I mean, he was saying all the right things leading up to the draft in terms of, you know, I just want to be on the list. That's great. And 
Um, well, he seemed so pretty relieved when it about, when the uh, you know, announcement actually, came through. He actually sounded like he was he was almost excited at the prospect that he might be moving in the state, um, rather than sort of saying, "Oh, I don't know." But he was actually like almost welcoming it. Um, he said he didn't have too many clues. I reckon we've give. I, I think we probably gave him a, some pretty good clues before the draft that we were taking him. Everybody um, else knew, so yeah. yeah. And we had when you see the video footage, Rowan O'Brien and two of our Victorian-based recruiters were there mm. at the whatever club rooms or whatever it was where he was with his family out in Druin. Yeah. So, um, and his his reaction was one of the one of the great reactions of a guy getting drafted. Just you know, he was shocked, Rats. and then you basically just. You know, we've seen guys cry before because they've been drafted and they didn't want to leave. He was Sorry. crying because he was just stoked to have. Um, and I think that's this a sort of good player that you want on your list. It was very similar to Cully. Cully did a lot of work. He was like, in, for a variety of reasons, missed getting drafted in his year. Um, and then just turning around going, right, well, I'm going to work at this and I'm going to do what I can. Um, so you've got a guy who clearly got a good work ethic. Mm. Um, and I think because he hasn't come through the junior programs, um, yeah, what Fishy says, right, he's a blank he's he hasn't. He hasn't. He's got a lot of upside because there's a lot of probably untapped potential that that's there um, mm. if he gets developed right. So I, I just, um, yeah, you know, we like I said, you know, would he have gone top thirty? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But we basically got a free hit for being shit. Um, <laughs> And again, and then we've got. I went through. Funnily enough, because you said his birthday sixth of September. I had a look. I might get some of these wrong, but I think Ruben Jimby's Ruben Jimby's the tenth of September. Kobe Burgill's the 9th of September, and Noah Long was the twenty third of August. So you've got four guys at the club that got a birthday within like two or three weeks of each other. They turned nineteen right at the back end um, of the season as well. We've got, that's... and then you add in uh, Hewitt and Barnett and the two NGA lads. We've actually got eight kids with a two thousand and four birthday, and I reckon you'd be going a long time back to find. And, you know where we've had eight eight people with the same birth year, mm. um, and it's Shannon Hearn was drafted in two thousand five. So when <laughs> Shannon Hearn got, when Shannon Hearn came to the club, those kids were one year old. <laughs> it's a little bit stark, <laughs> bit of a stark reminder there for all of us. Keys, thanks for that one. Uh, Migs, I got a comment from Kim here. We sort of flagged it, but just quickly, yeah, is he, is he a Jack Darling replacement, or how do you see him being deployed early on? And then I suppose we'll move away from Marek specifically, but just with the mid-season draft, were you a bit surprised they didn't open up a second spot and have a look at someone else, or are you pretty happy with how they handled things? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's a Darling replacement. I don't think he's um, unless he really bulks up, I don't think he's going to be a yeah. key forward size, um, but yeah, uh, I don't know, Jake Waterman might be looking over his shoulder a bit, because he's, he's probably that third tall um, yeah, the I said during the week I was I was surprised. Um, I can see the arguments why we wouldn't, but you know clearly we've got guys that are touch and go to come back. Um, you know, if you're a betting man, you, you'd be betting on you know probably two, three, four of them not coming, not being back by round twenty three, round twenty four. Uh, I would have thought it'd be very easy to put one of those on the the inactive list, at least open up that spot, give yourself the option. You've um, which we did last year, by the way. We had a second pick. We didn't end up using it. And yes. uh, there was talk right up until the last couple of weeks that you know, Tom Cole might get back in time to um, to get off the inactive list and, and return. Uh, and, yeah, I would have thought we could have done that again this year. And you know, if it comes to the second-round pick and none of the guys on our board are still there, then, uh, then you pass and you leave that spot open for... 
Yeah, uh, and Cole you, you or list that annuity or someone or window or whoever that you've yeah. made, you've given them a chance of coming back. But yeah, I would have liked to have seen them um, take that option because you no, know, it's basically a free hit at someone, and um, yeah, we, we need all the help we can get at the moment. So yeah, why not? <laughs> exactly take, right. No, take the extra opportunity and, and have another look at. The no, rookie list implication is, okay, you lose a list spot if you keep the guy long-term. Yeah. But we've got a lot of people who are, kind of, are going to have to come off the rookie list just because they've served their time that we can't re-rookie them. So, yeah. it, you know, I know you don't want to lock yourself in for someone for the sake of it, but we've got a lot of rookie list spots to play with next year, I feel. So I was a little yeah. bit surprised, but whatever. You, yeah, I, I think... Um, we've got bigger problems, let's put it that way. Yeah. I, I think the idea of the guys like Cripps and Cole and... Nat Nui, um, uh, who else is there on the long window? Ryan. Uh, those guys, sorry? Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. I, I get why they wanted to keep, and Cole, I get why they want to keep the spot for those guys. I think they need to give those guys a goal to work back towards. Um, and I think we need to, even if it's only a handful of games at the back end of the year, we need to see what Cripps plays like. We need to see if Natnui can get back. We need to see what he can play like. We mm. need to because we need to see what these guys are capable of on the back of the injuries. Because we're going to have to make some list decisions at the end of the year, not just for those guys' contracts, but we need to know if Natnui comes back and he struggles through his games. It's like okay, well, we might we've still got him contracted, but we can turn around and say, well, we really can't rely on him for next year. We need to maybe draft a ruckman in. Same with, with Cripps. It's like, well, do we need to get a small forward in the draft because we're going to lose Cripps earlier than we thought because he's come back bad? Or conversely, Cripps comes back and plays well with his ankle and it's like, okay, well, Cripps is fine. We don't have to worry about that. I, I think there was scope with, with Jones. He had the surgery. They're saying eight to ten weeks. If it's ten weeks, that's around 21. Um, we know what we've got with Jones. Mm. I, don't think we need, I don't think we needed to see more of of Jones um for that. I think we could have we could have put him on the long term injury list yeah and then and then you know we might not like Meg said we might not use that second pick because it was a shallow bit saving draft was pretty shallow but there was WA talent I know you don't want to get so bogged down was, in that so, inherently yeah, so, but so there were WA just, guys on the board there was guys you can turn around and you, you can say well okay well this even just for the waffle side like we talked about last week yeah I, I think there was there, there's players around that you could have had a said I oh, look you know just get him in the waffle team and just get him on a six month contract and and roll the dice um, so I think we we probably missed a lot of people are throwing the toys out of the cot and Paul Hazelby who's there's more intelligent pot plants than him <laughs> absolutely he just he, he he went off and said, "I, oh, you know, we we we've missed we've missed the star. We've set back our rebuild and things like that." It's like, well, mate, you're talking about pick twelve in the mid season draft. Whoever you're going to get is a long shot at best. Um, if we set back a rebuild, no, we haven't. It's like we could, could we put someone on, yeah. But I, I mean, some of the reaction from people. Um, I broke my ankle ten years ago and I still limp. But I'm not an AFL player, June, so that's what I have to do with it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, broke ankles, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a worry. The, the other thing, just going on Crips, is um, <laughs> is I know the, I think they're saying six to, we came from nine to ten weeks down to six to seven. Crips is actually a lot closer than I think we, a lot of us realise. I think he's, he's actually not far off coming back, so he's going reasonably well. Um, and I forget else what I was sort of saying, so fuck it. I'm there done. you go.
Well, the reverse Nat Nui on Crips, and that'll bring us into heroes and villains, because I feel like Migs might have some things to get off his chest once again uh-huh. when it comes to the villainy segment. Uh, for now, let's do some heroes. Now, June mentioned earlier, you boys both have your big freeze beanies on. I do not. I've just gone with the, the classic blue and gold cap tonight. But uh, hero of the week, I think we've got the big freeze running out of Optus this week and the West Coast v Collingwood game. So that's a pretty easy nomination for Hero of the Week first up. And uh, I'll also steal Ryan Marrick off of everybody and just say welcome to the club and hope he goes well. Did anybody else have anyone that they actually liked this week? Of You know, a couple of players that did pretty well, I would have thought, Migs, uh, throughout the Essendon game at the very least. Uh, they were, those are my two nominations, so thanks. Um, no worries. Well, Jaden Hunt, I thought, was our best on the weekend. Um, his best game for the club. Uh Probably have 34 touches or something. Uh, most yeah. metres gained on the ground. So, um, yeah, very happy with his game. Uh, Keys, did anybody do right by us this week? Oh, yeah, come on. Uh, a name that we've only just, well, most people have only just learnt in the last week is Dwayne Massey, who became our national recruiting manager uh, back in December okay. to much, much fanfare. Huh. Um, no surprise if you missed it um, yep. because... It wasn't really mentioned. The guy's been working at the club for 10 years. No one knew his name. Um, but he, he popped up on the uh, recruitment video for uh, Ryan Marrick explaining why we selected him and things like that. So we actually know what he looks like. He's only been there for 10 years, but now we know. And he's only been there as the recruiting manager for like six months. But we have, now we see him. Dwayne Massey. If you go Dwayne in Germany, Massey. If you have, if you have is he based out of Adelaide? Adelaide? I know he's from Adelaide. Isn't no, he? he's... Uh, I I think his background might have been in Adelaide. Um, actually, I don't mind that um, from Jason. <laughs> comment going through, yeah, from Jason here. Brad Scott for yeah, a year nomination was, for getting uh, around Simo. Yeah, sort of turn around and, and um, setting a few people straight. <laughs> um, setting a few people straight about, well, you, you know... I, it was actually funny because they raised that in Simpsons press conference. And I, yeah, they asked him, oh, Brad Scott's gone into that for you. How do you feel? And they turned around and they said, oh, you know, I, the, the reporter turned around and said, oh, Brad Scott just said, even the great coaches like, yeah, 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 yeah. And Simpsons' first comment was, well, you're saying I'm not a great coach? <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually good like, that he, he hasn't actually lost his sense of humour, Timo, because I think he's, good luck to he's, him. Holding up, he's holding up pretty well. All things, all things considered, whether you think he should be our coach or not, or not, I mean, I don't, you know, put that aside for one moment. I mm. think the way Simpson's conducted himself through all of this um, is a credit to him. I think he's, yeah, you know, he's, yeah, you know, he, he's had a creation. He's, he's been, he, he didn't. It's not all his fault, but he put the butter on the shit sandwich that he's having to eat at the moment. <laughs> So, um, but he's he he's taken a he's taken a lot. I mean, a lot of the criticisms going through him. He's wearing yeah. He's the face. He's been the face of the club through all this shit. Um, and he's holding he's holding up pretty well, just quietly. But um, I actually, in a strange turn of events, I actually almost would go Brad Scott for Hero of the Week. Okay, um, that's interesting. I think uh, I think Big Freeze is always a bit of a. Bit of a free hit yeah, in a way, a bit of a slam dunk, just because, you know, it's it's going to be nice to actually see it as well, just with the way they're structuring it this year. We, and we can, giving us we a can bit of a crack. Big freeze, big freeze the next week because the King's birthday match will be, uh, you know, a week and a half away, so it'll get talked up then instead. And oh, I quite like, and I really, and I really like Ryan Marrick. I really like his reaction. And a couple so, of heroes yeah, this week. I'm going to change my mind, give it to Ryan because he just looks like a good kid. Good and, man. Um, yeah. It's good to have more redheads in the club. Long overdue. Uh, villain of the week. 
Who wants to lead us off? Migs, we talked about the Nat Nui timeline. I know this is near and dear to your heart. Uh, the oh, Waffle uh, Program has ceased to exist over the last couple waffle, of months. But The Waffle Program has suddenly started existing again. They've started talking about it. They, um, right. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, it got within 80 points of uh, East Perth on the weekend. And, yeah, we got, the, we got the Rob Wiley rundown. We got the uh, we got a little um, two- or three-minute um, video highlights package. Um, the Eagles Waffle Twitter account has, has burst back to to life so yeah um good stuff welcome back good, welcome back to the club hero nomination no the the nat nui stuff yeah it pisses me off everyone knows it pisses me off that um they didn't you know he's been six six to seven weeks i think the last three weeks and mm. uh, the last five weeks he's he's improved by a week um they didn't mention anything uh people um including myself arced up on twitter uh which has has got the west onto it so they've given the west a quote about what's happening with nat nui um nice. didn't, didn't update the fans so uh if you want to know what's happening with nat nui you got to go either buy a copy of the west or um do what i do and and sneak a look while you're um in the coffee shop or uh, or pay for their online access to find out what's happening to your player so yeah um my other nomination was uh sam landsberger from the herald sun who i hadn't heard of i actually looked for um sam edmund um spinny sam uh saying that the uh the mid-season draft is uh is a fizzer and we need when it doesn't have enough headlines so we need the mid-season trade period to generate the headlines um, ah content yeah. machine keep it churning yeah it's more trades. important to generate headlines than to actually you know have a system by which football players can get jobs and and you know teams can compete yeah, and sit there with their friends and family and have a really yeah. great, memorable day. But no, you know what? Why don't we have the struggling teams sell off their good players for picks? And why don't we have the you know the good teams pick over the scraps and whatever? whatever. It's yeah. Not for me. Not for me. We've done this one before. Uh, Keys, villain nomination for the week this week. And uh, then we might have a quick little vote and see who gets it. AFL. AFL, I don't know how you can run an investigation for eight months, don't interview the complainants, don't interview the defendants, for want of a better word, come up with a thing and say, basically they just threw their hands up and said, no, it's all fucking too hard, we're walking away, Um, we don't care, Hawthorne, you can get sued because you're fucked up. Um, just so long as we don't get sued, um, as long as our brand is not damaged, uh, we don't care what happened to Fagan and Clarkson and Burt. We don't care whether or not they did what they are alleged to have done. We just want it to go away. So just fuck off, everybody. We're not involved anymore. Um, and to do it at 7.45 on a Tuesday night before the mid-season draft, it's just... Everything, it's just a, a total and complete clusterfuck that they've done. There's no, the whole way this thing's been handled is, is appalling. I, I'm not, I'm not taking, so, I'm not saying, I don't know if the allegations are true. Um, That's the problem that we won't know because they we, set up an we, investigation. Unless, they didn't bother with, a, with an investigation. They tried to yeah. mediate an outcome, which is the uh, opposite unless, of what an investigation is. Unless they go to court and they get raised in court, we will never know. So uh, it's unfair to the men involved because they've been tarred with a, a pretty nasty brush, which if they didn't do what they've said to have done, that's a pretty heavy burden to carry around. If they have done what they're said to have done, they shouldn't be in the AFL football system. They shouldn't. They just shouldn't be in there because the allegations, as reported, are pretty bloody horrible. Um, it's, I, I just can't... You know, you, you go back, you know... And the notion, I, I, they're saying that they might take sanctions against Hawthorne. I mean, for what? I mean, this is 
this is like we're going to find Melbourne for tanking, but we won't tanking. tanking. Yeah, yeah. We're going yeah. we're going to kick Essen out of the finals for doping, but we won't say it was doping. We'll call it mismanagement. We're going to, you know, if they do take sanctions against Hawthorne, it'll be under that guise of bringing a game into disrepute or power management, something like that. But it won't be for racism. It's like, get your fucking shit together, work it out, find out what happened. If you really want, if if the AFL were really interested in finding out what happened, they would have. I don't think they ever wanted to. It's just a, a complete crock of shit. Um... And for all the stuff they turn around, all they've done is they've kicked this down the road, let it steam out, and then just turn around and go, on, oh, yeah, no, it's, no, it's not us. It's not our problem. You know, fuck them. I, I just hate the way. They'll, they'll, they'll suspend someone for putting a $5 bet on, and then something like this, they just they turn their back on. And it's just it's fucking a joke. That's my I villain. Reckon. I don't have any others. No, I reckon that's it. I reckon we're not, uh, not, not getting any more eloquent than that, I wouldn't have thought. So I reckon we might might move things along, get things back on the field, and uh, for better or for worse, because... It's round 12, and the Eagles play Collingwood, and we set it up top, Migs. It's uh, worst versus first. Keith has got the beanie over his eyes. He doesn't want to watch. I'm not sure that I want to watch. Unfortunately, I think we will be there, and we'll be watching along, and we'll see how things are going. Uh, the ins and outs, Jameson, for now, is is coming back in. Uh, obviously, a bit of a late out, a bit of a tactical change, you'd have to say. Uh, out is Edwards. He was in last week. He's come straight back out with a fresh injury, a concussion concern this week, I believe. So he really... Ah, I forgot the fucking hero of the week. Oh, go on then. Fire away, case quickly. Dom Shea, 150 games. Oh, well, there you go. Nicely done. Fuck. Yeah. Jesus. 150 games. Against, against Collingwood, yeah. And, that's exciting. I said pre-show that I forgot what my username was going to be. It was going to be Keys from the Boundary. Yeah. Needs to be inch perfect. He is. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Sorry. Keep going, Badge. Might as well say No, that. no. You're all good. I'm happy. I'm happy you remembered because we're, uh, yeah. Look, Dommy Sheed obviously got history with Collingwood. I don't know that this game's going to come down to a kick in the last couple of minutes, but, you know, it'd be pretty pretty interesting if it did mix. For some unknown reason, and look, a lot of it was accuracy and call it an off day, call us a bit of an on day, whatever it is. The Pies have only lost a couple of games over the last year, and one of them, funnily enough, was to West Coast. I'm not going to suggest for a second, Migs, that this might be one that we snatch and the stars might align and all this sort of stuff. But building off that Essendon game, as we said, we saw something resembling football. Is that something you anticipate at all? Because Collingwood have just been running and gunning and just cutting through teams at the moment. They find themselves in first place and now they hit us and Hawthorne and uh, North Melbourne. So they haven't even really had the soft kills yet and they're still just running away with the league. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be ugly. Um, yeah, I think any bounce we got out of last week uh, might disappear fairly quickly. Uh, we, were, we were able to shut Essendon down a bit um, and you said at the top, yeah, stifle their movement. I'm not sure we, we can do that with Collingwood. I'm not sure we've... Uh, we're switched on enough to be able to um, to set up quickly enough t- to stop their run and carry. Um, Jones is not telling us something. <laughs> no, no. June's, uh, <laughs> June's fingers crossed that we get a win, but I think, uh, yeah, I don't cross the fingers, June. I wouldn't waste the energy. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that on Saturday night. Hopefully we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I've got high hopes for this one. Uh, I suppose the one thing we've got over them is we can probably match them in the air. They're a bit um, a bit on the small side. Uh, we can keep Darcy Moore uh, out of, uh, out of um, I don't know, out of being able to intercept. I suppose if Oscar Allen can keep him busy, I suppose he gets that matchup. Uh, then, yeah, maybe we can have someone else bob up. Uh, Merrick I'll, for a lady. I'll play possibly. Murphy on that. Who's that, sorry? Murphy. Yeah. I'll play Murphy. 
going, Alan. Leave more yeah, well, to just roam around and pick it off. Yep. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know. We'll have to have to try and create something, but I suppose you've got to get the ball in there as well and, and keep it off the Dacos boys. Hmm. Uh, Keys, looking at some stats, I was very fascinated to find out we are the number one tackling team in football, if you'd believe that. So there's your there's your get angry and get mean and Simo doesn't value tackling. There's apparently we tackle the most in football. Now, I would say yeah, that Jimmy's more... done half that on his own. That's exactly. because we, we have football. That's because we, we have the football Else. We don't have the ball, and Jinby's an absolute menace in there, so good luck to them. But, uh, look, we score the least keys. We score the least in footy. Collingwood restrict uh, the opposition to the fewest points against in footy. So, look, the traffic looks like it's going one way. But the other thing for me that I'm a bit worried about in this is whenever I watch Collingwood, they seem to gamble a lot, and we seem to get stung against teams like this. And that is to say they just assume they're going to win the contested ball. They're right more often than they're not, and they just press up and go. We've seen the Dacos boys have a lot of run and carry out in space from halfback or from the flank. They just seem to basically trust that someone inside is going to win the footy, get it out into space, and so let's just gamble on that run ahead of the pill. We've been stung with that a couple of times already this year, and another thing that we've been stung with, in case they're even showing this in the Hawthorne game, way too many numbers at the contest, not enough numbers on the outside. So I'm genuinely concerned. I've been as optimistic as somebody can be watching this crap for the last couple of years, but uh, I am genuinely concerned when people go, oh, this is going to be 100 points, this is going to be 150 points. For me, Case, this is going to be ugly. I'm, I think they are just going to get on top and get it outside and go. Yeah, well, what what uh, what you just described could also be described as flat track bullies or downhill skiers. Um, no, and, yep. They're Vic-based. That's called being a professional, efficient team. It's only when you're interstate can you be a flat track bully, and that's only uh, if you're winning at home. So, yeah, they they do get out, and um, it, it could get ugly. I think I, I hope um, Simmo's watched the North Melbourne Collingwood game. I did I didn't watch it, but I was listening to it on radio, and that game was looking like it was going to get very very ugly for a while. And North somehow managed to grind it out. I think North kicked five goals to one or five goals to two or something like that in the last quarter. So it looked, I think it was 37 points or something like that in the finish. Um, so they uh, It was 35 they, points. North won the last term by 18, yeah. Three goals. Six, yeah, six one they, they kicked. But they were, I think in the first the, the first quarter was something, it was like six goals to one or something ridiculous. Mm, yeah, they smacked um, him straight it really, away. It, it sounded like, listening to it on the radio, I just sounded like this is going to get, I, it was, on the radio it sounded like it was, this was going 100 point territory, but North mm. were able to pull it back somehow. So what they did, I don't know, but we need to sort of maybe try and have a look. I mean, North are actually like not a bad contested ball team, which mm. would help. Um, so... The last, I don't know if it was the last time, but it's the last time it was relevant to this weekend. The last time uh, there was a game between Collingwood and West Coast, which was first versus 18th, was back in 2004. <laughs> yes. Maybe 2005. And last time Collingwood beat first place West Coast. So maybe we can return a favour. Maybe maybe somewhere in the 22, we've got a, a uh, Andrew Tranquilly reincarnated. And that's a name. That that's name? a name for for the older people among us. Bloody hell! Um, so I kind of hope that maybe it's someone like uh, Connor West. I hope it's not Noah Long because Andrew Tranquilly, outside of the six goals he kicked against West Coast, did very fuck all with the rest of his career. But maybe <laughs> uh, maybe Connor West, who as we discussed, might be on his way out. We could, um, you know, Connor can kick six goals in a. Brody Holland was another one that kicked a fucking bag against us too. I think at one stage. Hey, at least he stuck around for a little while. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I actually mind Collingwood as a as a team. I, they're actually quite good to watch, and I don't. There's not too many players I actively despise, but Mason okay. Cox. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah. But uh, Mason, yeah. Mason, Mason Cox has got just a complete fucking dickhead. Um, Kelly's yeah. a ripping bloke. Everybody says he's an absolute ripping bloke off the field. I know he probably. No, he's not. He's a okay. fuckwit. Okay. He's, he's, he, he's everything you hate about American people. Um, <laughs> oh, for God's sake! He's just he's just a giant tosspot. Fuck him. I hope he. No, I don't. No. All right, let's hey, let's let's get things back on. Hey, well, Maynard, Maynard's sort of a bit of a faux tough guy, but yeah. um, I, I don't mind him. And you know, he gets blocked way too easily. <laughs> there you go, Bro- Brody Holland. Uh, Brody Holland's get. Oh, we, we'll get our weekly article this week about how he can't sleep because he knows he was blocked. I go yeah. back to it every time, mate. You might have been blocked. You might have not been blocked. It was a bit of a fifty-fifty one. One hundred percent, Dom Sheed played on. Complain about that. Complain about that because it's as clear as day. Like, why do we complain about the fifty? 50 block. Anyway, uh, Mig, some ins and outs, and we've gone through ours. Jameson in, hopefully, to give Bailey a bit of a chop out in the ruck. A little bit surprised to see Rotham survive the cut, I suppose, but okay, that's that's where we're at. Go, 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 through the, go through the people who are playing and are fit, and you mm, see yeah. more Rotham's in the side. For sure, and then you're getting Hewitt playing an extended block of Waffle Footy, hopefully. Chesser, they've said that's the plan with him. True, that's the plan with him, it would appear. Probably a slightly mm. different career trajectory, maybe, for Zane True, unfortunately. But I don't mind them backing the kids in to get a good stint of Waffle no, Footy. No, I think that's no, what they no need. The only thing with Rotham is you could have made a case for is to have brought Clark into the 22 and made Rotham the sub. Yeah, that was the challenges I had, but yeah, not going to throw the toys out of the cot over that one. No, um, exactly right. Uh, the outs, though, for the Collingwood side of things, Steel Sidebottom is out and Elliot is also out. They've dropped Markov, but it's because we've got no forwards and what's he going to do back there, really? Uh, Sidey and Elliot, does that change the equation for you at all? Does that infla- influence the midfield mix suddenly? You know, um, Kelly, Sheed, Yo, it's not the worst midfield mix we've ever put out there. Sidebottom's had a really good year. I thought he was finished. He has. Um, yeah, he's, he's been really good. So that's an out. But I don't know he's a bit more of a um, uh, outside runner player. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think I think they can replace him. Um, it's not going to help us win the clearances, which is going to be our big issue. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, Elliot uh, is an out for them. They're not uh, overly blessed in the forward line. They've sort of got. Uh, Majacek is such an unfashionable footballer, but he kicks a lot of goals. I um, love Majacek. It's yeah, yeah, I do. He's I, probably number one non eagle. Really I would him. say he just seems to pop up and every yeah. every. T- do you know what I can't wait for is when he kicks his fifth goal and everyone on Big Footy is going to go. Not everyone. Some people on Big Footy are going to go. Oh, this bloody spud! He only pops up when he plays against us because to he kicks to the week. To the week, I see him get that reaction on other boards or on Twitter or yeah. whatever people. Oh, bloody, we're letting Majacek kick goals? And then you look at his average and he kicks like two and a half goals a game and has done for, you know, 10 years or however long. Yeah. Majacek is everything that's good about football. He's just an honest toiler, goes out, does his job, doesn't carry on like Mason. He's kind of he's stretched him out a little bit. He's actually... He's actually He's actually a very talented, and and didn't find didn't find his way into the AFL easily. He had to fight to get his chance, and then took it. Um, I love my check so much. I know who he is. This continuing um, long running joke that I don't know. I don't Oppo know. players, but I know how to spell my check. So cop that. Elliot, 
has Elliot's form been this year? He doesn't seem to be having the same year he did last year. This is a um, bit of nothing insight. I am playing Super Coach for the first time in my life this year. I do not like it at all. I think it's a ridiculous game, but uh, Semi got dragged into it. I won't really get into that. Anyway, I had Jamie Elliott in my side. He's been crap. So his Super Coach numbers are awful, and I've had to get rid of him. So there, there's your insight on Jamie Elliott this yeah. year. Yeah, big game. Our problem against Collingwood, but the same against every other side against Collingwood, is finding a way to limit the damage of the Dacos brothers. I don't say just. Mm. Well, I actually get myself confused between. But I think Nick is the younger one. Yeah. Um, it's not just Nick; it's also Josh. Um, he's you, you know he's actually having. If his name was wasn't Dacos, he'd be actually getting a lot more credit than what he does because all the attention goes to his brother, and people sleep on how good a season Josh is having. Um, the go. I I think I hope we see Yoey go head to head. Did I say Yoey? Fuck. <laughs> Yo go head to head with the goey because I go. think he's he's. Um, I think Yo can actually limit the influence. Um, yeah, Barras. Barras has had some good contests with Mason Cox over the years. Um, I think the the, the trick with Cox is not letting him getting a clean run at the footy. Um, if you mm. can block his run, um, he's just a giant beanpole that has no other tricks. But if you get it, if you let him have a run at the footy, he will grab it, and he's a generally fairly reliable kick at goal. Um, my check, I don't know, maybe maybe Hearn, maybe Bazo's a stretch for him. Uh, awesome. Yeah, Roth- there's no good options. Rotham, who I have no faith in, but maybe Rotham. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's this this run, I. I I, I think we could maybe try West on Josh Dacos. Not, no, not Josh. Nick. Nick. Um, or, or maybe Exxon. He's had some. Yeah, West's interesting the actually. That's that's. I, I don't mind that call. We know he chases. We know um, he runs. He's got I a mean, big West, tank. West West is not an offensive weapon for us, so we're not losing mm. too much if we 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 plant West on um, Dacos. Um, you just need to. I think sides. You know, we've seen other sides that put a lot of focus on Dacos and they sort of put too much and then they found another way. Yeah. Um, we just have to limit his, make sure he's, you know, force him to handball instead of kick um, because his kicking is elite um, and he'll bite off. He'll bite off kicks that most people can't even see, let alone um, execute. So, and then, you know, it's just a matter of whether our forwards can... You know, take their take the opportunities they do get. They didn't last week. Hopefully, um, Waterman had some sort of hand injury and may have even had an operation last week. Uh, that's why he was wearing the glove was to protect that. It wasn't. He wasn't sort of doing a Quentin Lynch throwback <laughs> celebration. Throw the glove, yes. He had the glove to protect the hand, um, which affected his ball drop and everything like that. So I'm hoping that whatever that, you know, maybe he's got past that because we need Waterman, we need Waterman kicking goals um, and we need Jamison bashing in as well. If he's going to play, Jamison needs to, to do something. To His actually's body's matured a fair bit from what it was a year or two ago. We need him to, to start using his strength and throwing his weight around a little bit. Um, yeah, he had a really good... I, I saw the highlights and Jamison actually took some really good marks in that waffle game. Mm. So if you can bring like that into the game on um, Saturday, 
it'd be good to see. Anyway. Yeah, his bash and crash looks a little bit better of late, uh, uh, Jamo. Question here from Bombard for me. Would Majacek stand up to noted super talent Griffin Logue? So, uh, yes, Bombard, thank you for the question. But Majacek is better than Griffin Logue. I am not hearing any Griffin Logue slander. He's he's just really bloody good at football. And if you don't like Griffin Logue, you'd cop all the same shit about people of other teams not liking Brad Shepard. So I'm not having it. We're not discussing it. End of uh, end of conversation there. How's the leg speed going in our back line trying to clamp down on Hill and Ginevan? Migs, there's some uh, some tricky yeah, forwards cool. there. And, and defensively, we're sort of – our smaller defenders are more providing that punch and that drive off half-back. We're, we are still missing that clamp down small defender, but that's certainly something that we need to be aware of and, and sort of consider, I suppose. Ginevan not starting that conversation. I'm sure there'll be plenty of time to talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, just, look, we've talked general overview from yourself, though, Migs. Anything in particular you're looking forward to or any particular matchup you want to see? You want to see how Jinbi goes trailing somebody or anything interesting like that? And uh, after that, I reckon we might get into a few tips. Yeah, if we um, if we do the sort of switching of Yo and and, um, and Jinbi mid and back, then we might see Jinbi on, um, spend some time on Dugowie, which uh, will continue his uh, his learning and yeah. development he's um he's had a few sort of big name matchups this year uh so yeah i think that might continue um yeah i'll just get into my tips because you said this was yeah. going to be a short one and we've gone an hour and six minutes um <laughs> again oh, well, good stuff uh yeah uh yeah we're going to get thrashed um i'll yeah. say uh 90 points which will be an honorable victory an honorable loss sorry a moral victory if we keep it under 100, uh, and our best to be um, late inclusion, Ryan Merrick. No. Um, wow. Uh, Noah Long to uh, kick a few goals. He's, you know, he's been really impressive, but for a small forward, he's got to start hitting the scoreboard. So, yeah, uh, no, a few goals for Noah Long. Uh, so for myself, I'm quickly flicking through and trying to see what is our highest score conceded. Uh, a couple in 87, we had 201 against Sydney. We had 191 yeah. against Carlton. I think it's, of, like it's about 217 against Sydney, I think. Semi, uh, 201. Of, of semi-recent times, we had 182 in uh, against Geelong. That was always fun. We had 165 last year against Richmond. I reckon that Perth Stadium record is in danger. 165, I think we might really genuinely struggle to hold Collingwood uh, down below that. I think we are in strife this week. And as I say... Keys, I've tried to put a pretty uh, optimistic spin on most things this week. I think everything that Collingwood do well lines up exactly with the worst of what we do poorly. So I am terrified. But you know what? We'll wait and see. See what they offer. And uh, yeah, I think the Pies are going to absolutely romp home. I'm 20 goals plus. Record tumbling stuff. But anyway, don't take my word for it. Uh, Who do I want to see this week? Uh... Look, supply is going to be limited, so I'm not going to say Noah Long. Let's say I would like to see Jaden Hunt. Let's just have Hunt have another good game and, and back it up. And then, yeah, that Jinby Yo swap was a good call, Migs. So nicely done there. Keys, who do you like? What do you what do you fear this weekend? What's uh, what's going to happen on Saturday? I, I, I fear, yeah, this, this has the potential to get really ugly. Um, mm. I do the, the one little faint glimmer of hope I have is oh, yeah. I think I've seen games before when we've been at the top of our game and people sort of think, oh, the Eagles are going to kill so-and-so mm. and it doesn't quite eventuate. And I've, and, and it's it's happened not just to the Eagles games, but I, I think sometimes where the expectation is for an absolute mauling, it sometimes doesn't, doesn't always... The rural mornings tend to be unexpected, like Hawthorne versus West Coast. Mm. Um, so Carlton versus West Coast. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. No, it's, it's games like that where people don't necessarily see it coming. 
um, in games where you sort of expect it, it doesn't. So that's like blind hope. Mm. If, if we keep this to under 10 goals, I'd be ecstatic. Um, I think it's probably going to be more like 12 or 13. Uh, I would like to see. I would like to see Duggan have a. Duggan's had some some solid games and he's been quite good. I'd like him to really stand up. He's there's, there's three. We've seen the captain auditions: Barras and Allen and Duggan. Mm, yep. And I think they've all got good and bad points. I'd really like to see Duggan in a in what's a big game. Um, I'd really like to see Duggan stand up as a potential leader of the club and, and have a real statement sort of game. He's one guy that actually brings physicality to the contest and we'll need that. So I'm hoping to see something big from Duggan. There you go. I reckon we will leave it there, gentlemen. Thank you very much for uh, for your time tonight. And thanks to everybody in the comments. Had a good uh, few hero and villain nominations, a couple of people with some interesting questions, and Bombard was also here for the ride, so that's nice to see. Uh, <laughs> now, nah, thank you very much, guys. We'll, look, we'll be back next week. We'll find out what happens. I don't know that there's a whole host of optimism at the moment, but uh, let's see how things play out. And hopefully, at the very least, worst thing you can do is learn something. So hopefully we learn something out of Saturday. <laughs> Uh, fingers crossed Migs, Keys Thank you very much Both for coming on And uh, for the time being I think all we can say Is we'll, we'll talk to you next time And good luck to the Eagles Bye for now Bye, Bye.